Hey, boys and girls. Just me being sad. Welcome to Maz Moneyball Group Therapy. Uh, apparently, I've been recording for a minute or two, but I did not realize that because I was getting things set up. The Dallas Mavericks just lost 109 to 100. Uh, Josh Bow and I recorded a lengthy podcast. I still have a post to write before I go to bed. Um, Here we are. I'm very irritated, but I'm also uh, not entirely surprised when the Mavericks, um, you know, they got to the Western Conference Finals and we all should be excited. Uh, we, we should be excited because being in the Western Conference Finals is fun and winning playoff games is fun. Getting beaten in specific ways should teach you a thing or two. Um, and the first thing that it has taught me is that our concerns about the Mavericks' depth have finally come home to roost in that the Mavericks' wings look exhausted. The second thing it has reinforced is that for Luka to take the next step to be an MVP caliber player, he's going to have to find a way to get in supreme shape because I do think he's defensively capable of staying in front of people. I also think he's exhausted. Um, that's not a criticism in so much as it is an observation. You know, you, the Mavericks have lost uh, four straight games with him scoring 40 plus points. So there's something to it there because as we saw in the fourth quarter, he was just getting burnt. Steph Curry targeted him repeatedly. It's been the process for three straight games now. Um, past that, I, I, you know, the Mavericks need some better bigs. That's been obvious. It, it, we can harp on that if you guys feel like it. I'm, you know, the fact that Maxi and Powell have 15 combined rebounds through three games at the starting center position. The Mavericks have surrendered. Uh, the Mavericks are going to be out-rebounded by 140 rebounds through um, the playoffs. Indicates one of two things. One, the Mavericks knew that they were going to get beat on the boards, and they were trying to win the math game. And two, the Warriors are probably not the team that you want to try to math, out-math. Um, so here we are. All right, you guys know the deal. Come up on stage. Let's hang out for a little bit, and then uh, I'll go home because I need to write some more. Hey, Drew. Hey, Kurt. Drew, you there? What's yeah. up, buddy? Hey, I basically you you just took all my takes. You know. Well, I, let's do it again. Yeah, I mean, basically exhaustion. You can't have guys paying every other day, playing forty to forty-five minutes. At some point, it catches up to you, and the poor shooting is just no legs. When your legs go. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, the, the, the shot goes. I wear, okay. The shot does go, but like Maxi's hit two threes in three games. Bullock used all his makes last game. Like there's a little calm, a little calm B here where it become like for, for, I, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I cannot justify this by math. But me watching Reggie Bullock shoot feels very different than watching Dorian and Maxi shoot. I feel confident in Reggie's shots. Watching Dorian and Maxi felt like two guys in quicksand. Agreed. Like I said, Max is a different story, I think. I think to some extent Finney Smith is the same as, as Bullock. Is, is basically these guys – I mean, look at the box score, 41, yeah. 42, 43 minutes. And, and, and Reggie just, I mean, it, it caught, I think it caught up to him 0 for seven for, you know, for 10, 0 for seven from three. I mean, it, and he had wide open looks. It was just, I mean, he had, he had no legs and also, you know, it shows on the other end where they just cannot stop dribble penetration. 
you know, you're you're so right. Luca needs to get into shape because he's going to have to stay in front of people. And the depth, I mean, li- literally everything I was going to say, you came on. And said well, here's it. a fun one. DJ, who's a uh, Warriors fan who has been lightly – trolling is not the correct word. I will say he has been enjoying some schadenfreude uh, in the chat for the past two games. He asked if Steph is out-rebounding the Mavericks bigs. And Steph Curry has 25 rebounds through three games as opposed to <laughs> the the aforementioned Maxi and Dwight having 15. <laughs> I, and I agree with that. And literally, Golden State is getting all the hustle rebounds. I mean, they're out hustling. You know, and like I said, I think a lot of that just goes back to exhaustion. You just can't play guys 40-plus minutes every game for yeah. a three-week period, and it, it doesn't catch up to you. Like you said, yeah is an issue. But the one thing I, I, I will say is it, it gives you some clear indications of you know, shit you got to get done in the off season. I mean, th- this roster, it, I, you know, I, if we, if we certainly, I would have loved to win the championship, but if we don't, you know, you're not winning the championship, which is, you know, you're not going to come back three out, but it, it, it shows some glaring needs that now, I mean, you can't say this, this roster doesn't need to be retooled. Well, it's, you know, I was furious post game because I was reading some of kids comments and he's talking about how this is a building block for the franchise and yada, yada, yada. And when I take a step back, when he's talking about the franchise, yes, it is. When he's talking about this roster, it's not the case anymore. He said something the other night, once again, talking about how this is a young roster and it's just not, I suspect that the Mavericks will have a very different team look next year. Maybe I'm wrong. I think you're right. They got to, and 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 I I have somewhat you know Cuban I suspect to me, but I have some confidence in, in Nico that he you know he's really going to try to put his stamp on this roster now. You know I think the the uh, trade was just a start. You know yeah, uh, and I will say he's handicapped a little bit. You know they're they're not in a great cap situation. You know, uh, but one thing that he does have going for him is the fact that. There's going to be guys around in the league that want to play with Luca. Luca's the kind. Luca, Luca's like kind of like LeBron. He's 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 a superstar that likes to get people involved. Sometimes there's detriment. I mean, he had layups tonight and he was kicking out the threes. I'm like going, Luca, just finish that damn thing, you know. But he's a he's a guy that I think you can get a lot of people that want to play with younger, dynamic players and everything like that. As we've shown in the NBA, you know, if you want to get somewhere, you you can. You know, you just tell your team, you know, the hell with you. I want to go over here and. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a, a pain in the ass, you know, uh, if you, if you don't let me go where I want to go kind of thing. And, and I, and I think Luca could be a real draw there. Yeah. We're about to see, you know, it's, 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 I would like for the Mavericks to win a game just so we can have a little fun. Um, three straight <laughs> losses is not <laughs> very fun. If nothing else, he can extend those 35 and 40 point game streaks that, that literally he is in Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Michael Jordan company for people under 24 years old. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's rarefied air there, you know, like I said, but for sure. it is certainly a, a bit meaningless now because they're, they're not winning, you know, when he's, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you there, but, but, but still, you know, he, and he needs some growing up to do. Like I said, these, a lot of this time tonight, you know, he'd need to finish stuff at the rim rather well, than, rather he had out. a really good, he gives like, like, it's the sort of thing that drives me personally crazy because, People who do not like him as a player 
will take the criticism they want to take and jump upon that. But here's a Luca postgame quote. The first three quarters, I played very bad. That's on me. I'm still learning. I think after the season is done, whenever, wherever we or whenever we are, I'm going to look back and learn a lot of things. This is my first conference finals in the NBA. I'm 23. I'm still learning a lot. We collectively, as a sports culture, place a lot upon him. And I'm in a chat with one of my friends right now who's a big Bucks fan. He's just like, Luke was never going to be the best player. Look at Giannis, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, where was Giannis at 23? Exactly. Giannis, uh, now, now, ironically, the answer to this question is Giannis was under Jason Kidd. <laughs> but the, the point is just like there's still a lot of growth from – like Luca accepts responsibility in a way I do not – like, like that's part of what floored me about Jason Kidd's post game the other night is he did not accept any responsibilities. Just like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, we suck. I just work here. Um, but Luca's a guy in the sense of I feel like he will grow every time he gets punched in the mouth. He comes back in a different way, and I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. And and let's not forget that that Michael Jordan at 22, 23, 24 years old. He was in the playoffs putting up 40, 50, 45-point games, yeah. everything like that, and they were getting taken out by the Celtics, the Lake, Lakers, the, the you know the Detroit, these these yep. veteran-savvy teams like Golden State is and everything like that. He had to figure that out before he you know started winning championships. You know, we like I said, we sometimes forget that just turned 23. You know, and 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 like I said, you know, the, it, it it took all these great players, LeBron. You know, uh, uh, Jordan, all of them. It took them a minute to get, you know, to 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 get that, to get that experience. He, he's very right there, and I think that he in offseason he just needs to work on getting in state. That's his number one thing, and I think that will solve a lot of ills. And let Nico work on the team, see what he can come sure. up. With. I mean, you know, you got to address the rebounding problem. We know that, you know, that it's, it's pretty obvious, you know. So. All right. Well, I I took enough of your time. I'll let some other people talk. But like I said, your 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 take coming on was just spot on. It's it's just literally I was watching an exhausted team out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. All right, man. Talk soon. Um. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm exhausted, so I can't imagine how these guys feel. Like they actually are doing the work. So we'll we'll see where things go. All right, I'm gonna let my buddy Logan come up next because I had to close him out earlier the other night. How's it going, Kirk? It's good. I'm sorry for cutting you off the other night. I got a a bunch of our our Australian listeners listeners pinged me at once because you know they get they get the they're like checking the normal podcast first and said that the first two minutes of the show were like all horrible static noise and I was like, oh no, what did I fuck up? (laughs) Well, did you realize that you left this on? Yeah, I did. And I edited it out because I started getting messages. And I'm glad somebody told me because I absolutely would have just posted that. So. <laughs> yeah, we were we were having some fun with it. Um, tonight was not fun. Um, I actually missed your intro, but I was going to talk about just how tired they were because I was like, hopefully everybody sees that like five and a half players or six players. I mean, literally... The the fact that Reggie and Dorian have played the most playoff minutes of anyone is just absurd. Like I just don't really know what we're supposed to do except watch them miss threes. Like that's I don't know. Um, but like when you compare it to like you would think it would be someone's star player. You know what I mean? Would be the leader in playoff minutes. But um, um, yeah, and I mean like kind of echoing what the last guy said about kind of like the 
the what's well, funny um, on the low post he picked the Mavs, which like a lot of really smart people picked the Mavs. I actually kind of was always like, I just don't know. I think we've already kind of like, like I just didn't feel like we could possibly you know make that one more upset. But a lot of smart people did, and I think it's because there were some things which seemed like mismatches that kind of ended up more being mismatches against us. But my point was. He said he had picked them in seven, and the other guy on there was like um, talking about the poetry of the NBA kind of thing about like superstars losing to these better. I mean, we sent LeBron on a vision quest, <laughs> after, <laughs> you know, like the Mavericks themselves did. So, and after it was Colt, Kirk Goldsberry, and after he gave um, that spiel, Zach Lowe, because this was after game one, and he had already seen that kind of first game, and I, I thought that game was terrifying. I was like, I just don't think we can do it. Um, but Zach Lowe's like, yeah, I kind of regret. Like, like that. It really is NBA history. Like, it never fails. There's never some 22 year old, 23 year old who's like, oh, that was just the year they were so good they beat whatever dynastic team. I mean, until Jordan did it, but he was like 28. So, and like, you know, that's just what. Like, it was it was hard not to go macro tonight because the micro was so exhausting. Like. I feel like they were m- mentally exhausted by all the schematic stuff too. Just like the golden stage, just double teaming the zones. Like I feel like they were battling their bodies and then they couldn't also fight the mental battle. Like, I feel like they were making more mistakes because they were just like, God, I'm exhausted. I feel so much pressure from having to push my dead body through this, well, you know? There's, so there's a lot of little tactical shit that I do not understand. One of the things I don't understand is that when they'd go to screen Curry's man, Curry would hedge hard and high, and Luca would always pull his dribble back. Always. I saw, yeah. That's happened for three games. And I'm like, Steph Curry is smaller than I am. You know, he's about the same height, but I weigh him by like 40 pounds because I'm fat and I'm old. If you're Luca and you're basketball Rob Kronkowski, why are you not attacking? Now, there's something here I don't understand, so let's be clear here. I'm not saying that wasn't the right choice. I'm just not understanding why not. Because if it, you know, you start to you start to pressure downhill. In theory, as far as I understand, what ought to happen is a ball handle. You're probably going to get some fouls. Like, and there's little stuff like that that kept happening. I I also don't I don't understand how Dallas never got Luca the ball in a real post up situation again. And again, this has to do probably with what the gold with what the Warriors are doing on defense, but. There's just there's been some things that I don't get. Like Samus Vendiari, Light Years podcast host, and I talked with Kevin O'Connor on the Void yesterday about this. The Mavericks have not attacked Looney at all relative to the amount that we thought that they would attack Looney. Or you mean you mean Curry? You said Looney, but I, I listened to y'all's podcast. I think no, you just but got I mean the... Looney. Looney is the real like gaping hole in defense. Curry is a passable defensive player to sometimes good depending on size. They don't target Looney at. Oh. oh wait, are you talking about pool? Sorry, pool. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was like, this no, because I listened to y'all's podcast. Sorry, and I was yeah, like, this well, is me being tired. This yeah, is me no. being tired. I mean, pool on the guards. Like they never attacked uh, pool at all. No, like, yeah, he, he is definitely the worst one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think, I think that's. I guess that's what I'm saying is like, as much as they were physically exhausted and just out talented, like we kind of weren't. We didn't play dumber than Utah or Phoenix, but I feel like. Um, that's just another part of the learning thing. Like Luca isn't done getting smarter. That's what, cause I mean, I have friends that are just getting so frustrated, even as he's putting up 40 points because the stuff we're talking about, just these little things. And it's also just like not fair that he has to be perfect, but 
he's not just going to get in better shape. I mean, and I, I honestly think he's going to. I think this was kind of the perfect loss. I feel like we could have made the finals and lost in like five games, six games. Like he, I don't feel like this could possibly leave you satisfied. But it got just far enough to be like, oh, that's what it takes to win. Which maybe, maybe I'm being way too mumbo jumbo, but like trying to save some face after a freaking loss. But I think he gets smarter too. Like it's not just going to be, you know, he puts on abs in the summer and we see Instagram videos. Like every year, by the time he's 28, he's going to be able to figure out how to. Because some of the zones, I mean, he was a little flummoxed. It was about as flummoxed playmaking Luca as I've seen this series, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's something too that you just get better at. Well, that's also like the Warriors took a lot of stuff away. Like the process stuff is going to drive me nuts because it's this felt very reminiscent to game one where the Mavericks got good shots. Only they really got them throughout the whole first half and no one could hit anything. I mean, I you just go look at the box score and it's like, what do you do with the fact that Reggie's 0 for 7, Cleaver's 0 for 5. Right. And, and, you know, Dorian's two of five and Dorian, God bless him. He looked shook. Dead. Dead. Yeah. And well, what's, what's really tragic about it is it's kind of the thing we, that we saw against the Clippers and all season we were like, wasn't this going to happen again? Aren't we just going to have Maxi go over six? And instead through two playoff rounds, we were like, no, that's not what's going to happen. You know, cause they're getting open threes and they're making them, but like, Eventually, when you have five and a half guys, and and even if it was more guys just to hit shots, like the Celtics have that Grant Williams dude who it's like it's sure, a game sure. seven, he's going to make eight. You know what I mean? Like, so it ended up kind of being exactly how we thought this team would lose. I mean, sure. the center the center rebounding thing too, but also just like, are we really going to have Reggie Bullock have to shoot 14 threes and expect every game will be efficient at it? You know what I mean? Well, that's the bear of this because it's like Josh and I have spent from 2019 onward bitching about elements of the roster, right? You guys have heard me. Yeah, yeah. You're tired of, you're tired of fucking hearing it. Only they got to the conference finals because Kid and Co. squeezed blood from a stone. And then the same problems that we were concerned about have come out in a really evident fashion. And what I don't know is what do you take from this final front or I'm sorry, conference final front? Do you take that a, this is how you build around Luca. You just simply find better players. If you get one competent big, does that make the difference? If you get a third competent wing, does that make a difference? I don't know the answer to this. I'm not smart enough. Uh, This is why we don't get paid to make basketball decisions. I think there's elements of stuff there it's just, and, and I said this to, to to Sam yesterday, like to the guy in the chat is like, oh, we need a we need an Andrew Wiggins. Well, you know, the Warriors' fifth best player is a former number one overall pick. They're yeah. one of their best guys off the bench, and Otto Porter is a number three overall pick. And and you know, Sam Loki stabbed me in the heart where he was like, hey, you have former number seven overall <laughs> pick, Frank Nilakina. and Marquise like, Chris. Marquise, we Chris. are not, we are not the same. Like it was yeah. just brutal, and it's it's a different kind of deal. Um, and yeah, Hold, Holden, you know, in the chat says Draymond was a middle second round pick right after the Mavericks picked Jay Crowder. Um, for anybody who's curious. <laughs> Um, not that I remember all of this stuff and not that I'm bitter and angry. <laughs> not that it doesn't uh, hold this. But about that about it not being a finished product roster wise, but then also like how the team plays and if they're gonna settle on that. I'm also just trying to be hopeful that if you learn things mentally, if Luca gets in shape, all these different things, there's also just like 
I think our offensively, well, I don't know. I mean, like, Luca generates such great shots, but I still just feel like the stuff you're talking about, posting him up, him doing off ball, like, that needs to be a coaching and Luca mind meld brainstorm session. Like, it can't just be, hey, let's play Harden ball next year and hope hope the threes go. You know what I mean? But, but so. see, see, this is the difference. Like, I popped into the Light Years chat, and, like, this is where I have a very difficult time talking with people who watch this where it's like, Oh, Luca played Harden ball again. Blah, 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 blah. What the fuck are we talking about? The Mavericks missed so many open threes for where he's making them. Well, and we're not talking well, like contested threes. We're talking wide open threes. Well, what do no, you want I, to I do? Don't. Like they, they play, they play Brunson and they play, um, Spencer. And if we're being honest, and I really need people to think about it, it's not like Luca goes to the bench and they play a wildly different form of basketball. No. Brunson and Dinwiddie do the exact same shit, only they play very differently in terms of how they ball handle. Like Spencer tonight finally got his nonsense, like I have really long arms foul game going where he's like picking up fouls at the rim that he hasn't gotten all playoffs. And yeah. you know, Brunson does his little you know, like like Hakeem Olajuwon, but six foot one shit, you know, as he drives into the lane. It's just, it's just different and it's worked and it's gotten us here. And so I'm ranting, but I, I don't, it like this sort of stuff frustrates me. Where I'm like, oh, is it, is it Luca or is it the fact that they really squeezed the ton from something that maybe shouldn't have gotten to the Western conference finals? Well, no, I see. I guess what I'm saying is, or at least what I mean by that with the hard, I don't think that that's like exactly Luca's limitations as much as it is like, the rosters so they're like oh we're just gonna have to out three you because luca can't do it all and like i'm just saying that uh, you know if we had better players there would be more options there would be people to make like plays in space or you get it on a four on three like i love dorian and reggie so much i defend them to the end of the earth and like i will not stand for slander about them after this because of how like hard they work but like they cannot dribble. <laughs> they can't dribble. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> no, that, that's it. Where it's like, uh, we, we have our, our man Holden in the chat who's who's kind of he's like, well, it doesn't let role players get get in the sense. And I'm like, look, if you want to see Maxi Kleba dribble, I got some highlight <laughs> yeah. tapes for you. And, and what's the the dirty little secret about the Mavs offense? And this is this is a fair criticism. Is we spent the first 20 games where it's like, oh, Jason Kidd's adding all this stuff to the offense. They just got to figure it out. All that shit they did at the beginning of the year, they don't do it. They don't do any of it. You go look at a game from November, there's no more like weird off-ball cuts where guys were like slamming into each other at the free throw line. Do you remember some of this stuff? Like we would come in and be like, what are they doing? I mean, I almost hated it then just because it looked bad. But now I'm like, there needs to be – like who – somebody tweeted – Dorian post-ups. My God. Yeah, Dorian post-ups. But like we we don't have people cutting. It's like, and Reggie Miller's saying it, and it's like, if he's making a, a damn observation that I have to agree with, then I know that it's really making me lose my mind, because I hate this person, but it's like, you know, it's just the, I guess that's more what I meant by Harden ball, not like sure. Luca being Harden, but the idea that we're just going to be like, okay, go solo, try to create, or get an open three, and it's like, at some point, yeah, you need like 12 different like actions to win playoff games, not like well, the that, four that's what that makes do. like what the Warriors do so much Impressive. more fun to watch because it's just pressure over time. It's just pressure over time. The the kind of actions towards the rim, you know, it's it's funny. Andy Lou, who is also the Light Years podcast, has been beating the shit out of Steve Kerr for like two years about the offense, and now he's out there kissing kissing <laughs> her ass about their offense, and it's like. 
hey, maybe these guys know more than us. What are you going to well, do? I've always been a, a – like, I mean, the Mavs are obviously my team, but, like, the 2014 Spurs, like, the way the Warriors, like, I just get it's not going to be that way with Luka, and I think you can still win with Luka the way he does it because he's that good. He will be that good, like, the way LeBron did. But well, where you take do, lessons – go ahead. No, I just do get jealous when I watch, like, the teams where it's, like, just pure beautiful game where I'm like, wait, 12 people have touched the ball and now they have a dunk? Like, but it's just – you know, maybe Luca will eventually be that like flowy, but we you can still win a championship with Luca being the LeBron James who controls now, him. Now, I have my I have my friend Matt Moore, you know, he, he of HPBasketball.com texting me, trolling me, saying, "Oh no, he's Harden," and like there's an intentionality in how those two play uh, basketball. James Harden is a coward who doesn't want the limelight or the major shots. If he did, he wouldn't be doing what he's done the second half of his career. Um. I think Luca wants to make the right play most of the time. And if I didn't think that, I think he would shoot more terrible drives than he does where he's kicking out to open guys. Now, I do think there's a lot of, of things you can talk about Luca's game where he needs to be better. But I just don't know how you get there. I well, don't know. I, I mean, I, I, Other than really having a come-to-Jesus meeting with him where you're like, hey, you need to do more off-ball. This is not when we mean off ball, we don't mean go hang out. Like that's where you learn from Steph Curry, who is the greatest relocation shooter of all time. That's what makes Steph Curry one of the best players of all time. It's not just his game breaking shooting. It's the fact that he bends defenses without needing the ball. Right. It gets really annoying to hear the Warriors fans say it. I was like, they talk about gravity the way I talk about like Rihanna. But it, it's honestly true. I just got I get tired of hearing it, but it's totally true. Um, but I'll let some other people talk. And Luca is not – he's already better than Harden was at 23. It'll be, it'll be fine. Well, I don't know about that. No, Harden, not better Not better than peak Harden, but Luca 23 is better than – I just have total faith he will be better than actually Harden. Kind of, that's actually kind of a fun thing because – there was that. There was an amazing clip of Harden playing defense. It was like a ten-minute-long clip of Harden playing defense in the postseason, way yeah. back when. Like one of it was like one of the early, de- like not early, but like twenty fourteen Deadspin things. I remember. So anyway, I might go find that because it's it's a different deal. All right, Logan. Thanks for talking. Thanks, man. Two speakers, 50, thirty minutes in. We're really just making time. Um, we're gonna go to Sam, who's been waiting. What's up, buddy? <sighs> What's up, man? Hey, you know me. Yeah, I know. I know. The, yeah, this is um, this this fucking blows. Like, um, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what I was expecting. Like, I said after game two, like after that, I was like, okay, let's just get one at home, and we could still get one. Like, if we get one, I'll be happy because, like I said, I don't know what I was expecting, but I guess I well, I should have expected it, but I guess my maps like colored glasses was telling me, no, nah, they they got a chance, but the words are too good. That that's just as simple as that. It's they got the players. They, no matter what you think of them and Draymond and whatever, they have an organization that really has set themselves up for greatness. Yeah. Uh, as we haven't, especially over the last three years. Just, I mean, Jonathan, Jonathan Kaminga, who who isn't getting minutes in this time, would be a top seven rotation guy for the Mavericks. Exactly. For that's that's what I was gonna uh, bring up. It's like, especially that twenty twenty draft. We don't gotta bring up Josh Green at this point. We he is what he is right now. Then, you know, we had a second-round pick. We got Tywell Terry, who's not even on the, in the league anymore. And I think it was Tyler Bay. I don't remember what the guy's name yep. was. Tyler Bay. Just, just a wasted draft, just like it was in 20 – just just wasted draft picks where they could have been key pieces to – well, we have, we have no depth on this team. And 
we're having to play six guys and Bertans is having to play 14, 15 minutes and he's just he's useless if he's not making a shot. Hey, hey, he was the only guy with a positive plus minus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, we'll 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 exclude him for this game then. But otherwise, I mean, we have Spencer was the only guy that was doing anything off the bench. Good game from Spencer. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, so I mean I, I can't be mad because at the end of the day, we he was doing what I wanted the whole team to do, which was attack the basket, which the whole team was for the most part. Well, Luca and Jalen anyway. They were attacking the basket, which we were able to get a nine-point lead. And then the problem is everybody talks about the third quarter with the Warriors, but it's like the last two minutes of the second, then the third quarter with the Warriors. Because it's like we'll have a nine, we'll have a ten-point lead, and then they'll cut it to like three or four at halftime, or they'll just take the lead at half, and then they just keep going in the third quarter. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. That's the way it's been the whole series. And uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say at this point. It's just like Luca. I think Luca for a superstar has had the craziest two and a half year stretch just because we had 2019, then it got shut down. Oh, we had 2020, then it got shut down. Then you're in the bubble, then you get knocked out. Then you think you're going to have a longer offseason. But no, we're going to start two months later in December. And then you have that crazy 72 game stretch. You go through the playoffs, and then you get knocked out. You're like, okay, I got some time off. Oh, no, I got to go to the Olympics and help the Slovenian team win or something. And then that happens. And then, you know, like, hey, we're still going to come back for the season like two months after that. And now you got to go through all that. You got to deal with COVID. And now you're at the Western Conference Finals. Like, he hasn't had a regular offseason since his rookie year. Yep. And that was when he came back looking the best in year two. I mean, if, if I'm to put some hope on him, it's that, number one, he – manages to con- hold his strength because Luke is an incredibly strong player while also dropping weight and regaining some quickness. The dirty little secret that we don't want to talk about relative, when I say we, I mean the people who love this team like lunatics, is that Luca's not the same shape. Like he, he was quick in year two and he has not been that quick since. Um and that, you know, I'm not sure if that's possible to get it back. Uh, you know, your body's changed as you get older, but I, I, I have to think that that knowing what we know about what he reported to camp the previous like year three and year four, where he apparently was north of 250, maybe north of 270, um, makes you wonder what he could do if he's actually 235. Um, the flip side of this is I don't know if he can continue to attack like he does if he's going to be lighter. Um, it's funny, like, you, you should go look at, like, like oh, not you. The collective we should go look at, like, Tim Duncan over the years. That man, like, added and dropped weight and played very differently depending on how the game was played. And maybe Luke will do that because I think, like, his ability to absorb punishment is one of the things that makes him so great. And it's just it's difficult to do over 82 games. I mean, he's he's banged up right now. He's not complaining about it because it's that point in the year. But it's like his shoulder's all messed up. And it's it's not affecting his game, I don't think. But it, it probably affects his, like, pain tolerance and things like that over enough time, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, like, just when you say that, it's like just look whenever he makes a big play and he flexes. It's like, yeah, you're flexing, but you got a little, you know, you little little chub. In the midst, sure. of, you know, and I mean, I'm not hell. He could do a lot more than I could do right now, and I haven't played basketball like in four years, so I, I can't say nothing. But at the end of the day, I'm not gonna. Well, I'm not gonna concede, even though, even though I'm not gonna lie, it sounded like Jason Kidd kind of conceded, like the other series is over <laughs> in the press conference, the way he was talking. But um, 
at this point for the offseason, like Nico, Nico got to get to work. Yeah. I don't know what they can do, but we've already seen, hey, he's not married to anybody on the roster. He got rid of KP. So if there's a move to make, like I know a lot of Mavs fans love – well, I, I'm not going to say all Mavs fans. I mean, I'm, I'm not like married to this team like that. But, like, hey, if Maxi got to go, he got to go. If Dwight got to go, he has to go. Like, you just got to make moves and you just got to find ways to make your team better because we can see now where we're at, what we're able to do with this type of roster – if we just improve in little areas here and there, who knows what we can do next year? Now, obviously, it's going to be different next year because everybody's going to be healthier. But we we just got to do it at this point. That's that's this sucks, man. <laughs> it does. No, no, it's all right. All right, Sam. Thanks so much. All right, now you have a good night. Mm-hmm. Holden asked in the chat, like, what's Luca's shoulder shoulder injury? It is. Let's put it like this: it is not serious enough to be on the injury report. It is serious enough to where he has different cupping. Um, marks where he's just because of his, you know, the fact that he's the pasty white guy marks on him show. He, he will not answer questions about it, which, and it's obviously not really affecting his performance. But what I mean by that is just, it's a time of year where all of these guys are banged up in one way, shape or form. Um, let's go to my guy, Henry. How you doing, Henry? Hey, Kirk. Um, McMahon posted this really weird stat about uh, the Mavs being two and six when Lucas scores forty. Like, is is it is it really just as simple as him being tired? Like, that's just such a weird stat. Who is who being tired? I'm sorry, uh, Luca being tired. I think it might be, man. But you also got to give a lot of credit to what the Warriors are doing. So let's think of it like this from a big picture. They run their offense to. You know, the, the the Herman Boone, Veer, we're just going to grind you to powder offense over three and a half quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, they target Luka like he's the worst defensive player alive. And through three games, it's worked really well because the Mavericks are just spent. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation because, like, he goes for 40 and they lose. Well, I mean – here comes the high usage rate that is going to present itself as a problem. But when you also you have teammates going to 0 of 15 from three, you know, yes. it, it it forces you to do that. So 100%. He's, he's in a tough spot. But, yeah, Kirk, that's all I had. Appreciate it. All right. Talk soon, Henry. Okay. Coming up next, let's go to my, my, my guy, Tyler. What's up, buddy? Oh, well, since they're making – since uh, Jason Kidd was making a, essentially a concession speech after the game, I feel like uh, congratulations are in order for the Warriors on their impending sweep. As long as they go beat whatever fucking annoying Eastern Conference team exists, I'd be fine with this. I mean, hey, it's kind of the – obviously the objective number one is to win a title, but if that's not the case and you're looking for – uh, the most likely scenario for change to be made on this team, I think this is probably the the sicko's best case scenario if you're not going to win a title. Right, like you get here and then you get blanked in such an embarrassing fashion where it's just like, hey, are we as good as we thought we were? Exactly. Well, yeah. and I know you, you were pretty optimistic at the end of this game, right? I mean, I had a terrible day, so I needed to be optimistic about something. <laughs> 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 like I let just, you know, just into the minds of Kirk for why I was getting feisty online with uh, another Mavs Twitter account, like three hours before the game. Um, my, I'm walking my puppy. I'm letting my son walk my normal dog, Huck, who's a hundred pounds. 
I just don't pay attention for a second. Huck takes off at a run, drags Parker on the ground, <laughs> which my wife then didn't answer her cell phone. So I had to like fireman carry my 70 pound six year old home while also walking a puppy and a hundred pound dog. So it's just like, I got home and I was like, I'm tired of every fucking thing in the world. Oh, and so gosh, I'm like, all right, awful. the Mavs are going to win. I've had a shitty day. The Mavs are going to win. That's how, that's how sports logic works. No, that's right. Not the case. But, um, no, I think, honestly, this series fundamentally changed in, in game two. If we hold on to that lead, then I think we're probably in a different scenario right now. But, like, whenever you get your soul and will snatched like that, like, it's just hard to come back from it. Uh, you, you just don't get the same fight anymore. And you saw that today. They were down, like, 19 to 7 in the first quarter. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, they showed some fight. And... Warriors are just a better basketball team. And it doesn't help when, uh, well, to their credit, Luca, Brunson, and Dinwiddie had 86 points and everybody else had 14. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> so um, that that's not good. It's really not good. <laughs> also, um, I know this is kind of not basketball related, but um, there needs to be a conversation had about the Mavs uh, successfully pricing out their their diehard fan base from the game. I'm glad we're an hour into this. Well, we're 40 minutes into this, but that crowd was some dog shit. And if you were there and you were not part of that, I I feel bad for you, but that went, it went from being an unbelievable mass crowd to where that, I mean, it was terrible. There was no energy, none like very Phoenix suns, Los Angeles Lakery. Like what was happening? Uh, it sounded like there was more energy outside for the TNT pregame than there was in the game. I mean, that sounds about right, man. But that's the sort of stuff that happens. The Mavs do a really good job of trying to get, let people buy tickets, but it's uh, that was that. It's just it's difficult. I mean, I'm sure the the Warriors fans can actually speak to this for what happened at Oracle over the years, where it's just like they were, you know, the people in in the Bay on the Oakland side had die-hard Warriors fans for 40 years. And then when Steph came in, and then they just slowly, like the, the, the Silicon Valley people, just slowly priced the hardcore fans out. That shit happens. Yeah. And uh, do we officially get to welcome KOC to the resistance against Dwight Powell being a starting center for this team next year? I mean, it, this goes both ways because it's like Dwight Powell is such a special story if we're not being assholes, but then you watch him play and it's like, wait, why is this happening? Like Jason Kidd called a timeout two minutes into the third quarter specifically to pull him out after he was chilling in the paint when Steph made a three. Now, to mm-hmm. be fair, Luca went under the pick, but right. Um, yeah, Luca just... going under Steph Curry, like picks for Steph Curry, can can he? Someone needs to whack him on the nose for that stuff. Uh, that surely is not the game plan. No, surely not. And, uh, one more last thing. I saw a tweet from, uh, I think it was Tony Jones, whoever covers the, the jazz for the athletic, yep. saying uh, like basically the next step for the Mavs is Luka taking the next step. And I just have to disagree with that. And um, yes, Luka needs to take a step. But saying that, the number one thing the Mavs need to do is have Luca take a next step is just an excuse for a poorly built roster. Yeah. I, here's where I get where I, cause I get in arguments about this all the time with people, the things that are within Luca's control 
he he has to figure out a way to take steps. Like we don't talk about this 20 years later, but Dirk papered over a ton of Mavericks roster building decisions. Just did. That was part of what Dirk did. You know, the the 2006 Mavs, the one the team that made the finals, I loved that team. Go look at that roster. Crazy, but like Jake, like Jerry Stackhouse was the second best player. Maybe Jason Terry, but it's like, well, how are these guys getting like Sagana Jop, who is honestly the closest comp for Kevon Looney that I can possibly think of, um, was the starting center and held him. To, it's just like things happen at weird times. Like, I don't know. I, I, I get where he's coming from with that argument is what I'll say. Yeah. And to be fair, Dizana Jop would probably play 30 minutes a game if he was 2006. Is he available? Today. Could, could we I mean, go he, find him? He's still he's probably still like 38 somehow. He, he and Eric Dampier are probably <laughs> available still. Eric Dampier Jr., you should look this child up. He is a Mississippi uh, legend. I have no idea if he's actually Eric Dampier's child, but he's like a six foot five point guard in the fifth grade. One of the wildest things I've seen on the YouTubes. Well, I, so, even if he was available, I would have zero faith in us drafting him. So, <laughs> All right, Tyler. I'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Braylon, what do you got for us? Hey, how y'all doing? I'm tired. I still got to write, but what do you got? <laughs> I, I hear you. Um, I'm indifferent. I I really don't feel sad about this loss. You know, I'm just I'm just ready for the offseason to start so we can finally get us something like like a big <laughs> rebounding rebound sure. rebounding. <laughs> I, I was, get it. My my voice is like this because I was there screaming screaming my ass off. I think I was the loudest one in the game. Totally understand. Well, what do you have any any anything you would like to get off your chest about that particular game? Um, I would like, I would like, um, I would like for them to be more aggressive because this 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 living die by the three game is just is getting up over and done with. Hey, we need some. We need something else. Sure. Um, I was gonna ask, um, what is a realistic option for Mavs in off season? Because, um, because I see a lot of people in the chat talking about Levine and Bill. And this there, and none of those options are realistic. I'll just put it to you like I'm, that. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, realistic option. Yeah, yeah. Uh, CBA Mavs, um, Scott is writing some articles for us. One of the things, like Smoking Cuban, um, one of our, our friendly websites that we, we you know, that, that also puts out Mavs content, you know, talks about some, like wrote an article about this. And it's like one of the things that, that I don't understand the mechanics of this totally, but the Mavericks are like incredibly hard, like close to triggering elements of the CBA that make it very difficult to make any kind of move. Um so I don't really have a good answer as far as what is reasonable. I do think that when you look at sort of market, um, you know, not to sound like an economist or anything like that, but, you know, wings are the most sought after player in the NBA, followed by guards, followed by bigs. So logic should dictate that there's a surplus of functional big men 
somewhere on the market. Now, who that big man is, I have no idea. Um, one of my friends has been really pushing the idea that the Mavericks, if, if you know, this team were a team that would deal with the Mavs, and I don't think they are, but the Mavs should, should try to go pursue John Collins because of how he plays and how the Mavericks would war- use him. I don't, that's probably not realistic though, because I don't think the Hawks will ever do business with Dallas ever again. And so, and he, plus he's also got a big contract. Like the Mavericks have, like, this is why I have, have beat on team building for two to three years now, because you just, mistakes beget more mistakes. So I, that said, I do have confidence that this group will figure out something. It's just, you got to give to get. So, you know, the likelihood that all the players that we like on the team this year are back next year, if you expect changes, isn't high. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. Especially with, especially with the complications with uh, contracts and. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, I don't know if this. I don't know if this would be a realistic option. Like I'm kind of in the middle with this, but. Would Miles Turner be a realistic option for a signing trade or something? I do think he's potentially available, but I also think Mavericks fans don't really look at the number of games Turner has played. He is approaching Porzingis' level of availability, like oh, 60. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of shocking when you really dip into it. Okay. So, but he's a good player. I I understand why you like him. Like he, he's a local product too. I think he played. Um, he went to high. He went to Josh Bo's high school. Yeah. Yeah, he played my uh, my alma mater. Are you? We okay? Yeah, one of the best football schools in the planet. So, all right, my guy. Well, thanks for joining us. All right, y'all have a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay, coming up next, let's go with Patrick. Hey, Patrick, how you doing? One more time with that mute button. My God. There sorry, we go. Notice that. That's all right. Mid pizza break. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, one thing I just wanted to bring up is uh, notice more macro as opposed to micro. Um, one thing that sprung up is. I think like Luca slander, because uh, I'm essentially a diehard for him at this point. Uh, HP brought it up, I think, in a tweet that you responded to. <laughs> is uh, <clears throat> his rating compared to uh, Jalen Brunson's rating? You know, his net rating. How much of that is attributed to just the rotations that both teams play? Both the Mavericks and the, the Warriors. Oh, small sample. Like, like when you get beat 3-0 in a series, a particular guy's numbers are always going to look bad. But it's what his his art. Like, he won't. I don't want to speak for him. I have a feeling that he post that that Matt posted, and I'm just going to go look for this. Um, Luca on off in this. Uh, when Luca is on the court, 79 minutes. The offensive rating is 112. Defensive rating is 130. That's a neg. That's a net rating of negative 18. Now it's you don't really use this sort of stuff for this small in numbers, but the point being is that the Mavericks are playing worse with Luca on the floor than Luca off the floor. Twenty six, uh, um, twenty six minutes. They're at a, like one hundred and thirty seven offensive rating with a hundred defensive rating. <laughs> so it's I don't know. I, I we all know like it's the it's the fun part where 
we all know that the Mavericks wouldn't be here without Luca, but then there are elements of what happens in a game, and it's really been happening in the start of the third and the final six minutes in the fourth quarter where the Mavericks are just getting hammered in these Luca minutes. Well, and it's also I, you know, listening. I'm avid ticket listener, and one of the shows they were after game one or game two, maybe game one, harping on like you're getting so many open looks, you know, from Luca mainly uh, on threes, wide open threes, uh, and you're not hitting. So just why not drive? And it's it's like, well, you're getting open looks on threes, so obviously you're going to take them. It's like that's kind of you're damned if you do, damned if you don't at that point. I mean, right. this is how the team is built. That's yeah. kind of what it comes back to where it's like kid can talk about wanting to play a different way and maybe they will, but I don't think they have the dudes for it. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly it. That's all I wanted to bring up. So thank you. No problem. Talk soon, Patrick. Have a good night. You too. Okay. I'm going to get to everybody. Cause uh, even though I got work in the morning, so hang out if you want to. Pat, Brandon, what's up? Hey, Kirk. Uh, I've so I've kind of already hit acceptance point of grief. So <laughs> okay, okay, let's I'm, hear it. I'm moving on a little. I don't want to get into like the nitty gritty of roster building, but this game had me thinking of two articles that the Ringer ran this season, and I, I know people on Twitter have been you know kind of mocking the shot quality. Oh, how the Mavericks have won the two games based on shot Ooh, quality. God. Oh, also, I need to point this out just because I, I am this kind of guy. That shot quality account is not good. Um, I have smarter people than me, including probably the foremost expert on literal shot quality in Seth Bart now, uh, who said, like, that guy is slightly misrepresenting information to the point in particularly graphically that gives a different impression where it makes it look like the Mavericks have the best shot quality of like all time. It's not to say that they don't have good shot quality. It's that it's overrepresenting what they do, but go ahead. I doubt that would actually make some sense. I mean, really my point referencing that is that the Mavericks are getting relatively speaking good shots, especially against a, as good of a defense against the Warriors. They're getting the shots that they want. They're just not falling. As a bunch of people have talked about, we have basically six capable players, and we have to ride them 40 minutes each pretty much. And, you know, part one of them not falling is the fact that, yeah, they're competent shot makers, but they're tired. And, like, that's, you know, what's going to happen when we play this much and, you know, that many minutes back, not back to back, but every other night. Um, But the second part of it, and this is the first Ringer article I was thinking of, the whole shot quality thing, it used to be kind of a predictor because there used to be a lot more variance on shot quality. Now it's more like who's actually making the shots that's going to predict, you know, what team is, you know, has good offensive ratings. Oh, I mean, it's really gross in the sense of like, it's quite literally a make or miss league. Yeah. And when you look across it, like, you know, we're like, oh man, these are shots that we could be, you know, making and like, Oh, they're just making a bunch of shots that aren't sustainable. Well, sure, they had the greatest shooter of all time, arguably the second greatest shooter of all time. Jordan Poole's a spark plug. Andrew Wiggins, you mentioned this earlier, he's their fifth best player and was a number one overall pick. Like yeah. at that, it's just a talent thing. So, well, it's like uh, it's, but team building, like the thing that has crushed me as a Mavericks fan for a really long time, this goes back to 
plan powder in 2011 in the offseason is Rome is not built in a day. The Mavericks lucked into Tyson Chandler, okay? It's it's part of this element that, that we, you know, it's oh, all this stuff they built and built and built. And Cuban really spent the hell out of, like, the Mavericks, out, like, the Mavericks salary compared to the uh, Miami salary in 2011, like, it's this amazing thing where it's like the Mavericks are built, not bought, which is bullshit because the Mavericks had literally a higher salary than the Miami Heat. And then following that year, they blew up the whole team because Cuban convinced everybody that they knew what they were doing with the salary cap and no one else did. And we've had 11 years of, you know, more or less paying for that. And so it, it's just it's very difficult because the Mavericks put aside team building in a realistic way to build around Dirk right up until he retired. And it never worked. It never worked despite all the discounts Dirk took because you cannot you cannot free agency your way to a championship. No team that has really won a championship outside of, you know, the Miami Heat assembling it because LeBron James said it wanted he wanted to happen. Like when one of the three best players of all time makes this shit happen, that's different. That is not the lesson you learn if you're a different team. You know, you, you look at some of these raw like the the you look at outside of LeBron James based teams, let's go look at who's won championships. The Warriors are a built team. Yes, they have spent a ton of money, but they place themselves in the position to spend a ton of money. Somebody said that earlier in the chat, and I saw this, where it's like, oh, the Mavericks just have to spend more money. There's not a mechanical way for them to get there unless they actually draft good players. The Warriors were able to accept, like, absorb Andrew Wiggins' horrendously huge contract because when they moved on from um, Kevin Durant – who had signed there. They did a sign. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a, it was a sign and trade for um, what's his name. Who's now on the Timberwolves that they traded him for. Like they've made a bunch of choices where they kept spending money because once you get to a certain point, you just have to kind of keep doing that. Like that's the answer. The Mavericks have never been in that position because they've never drafted well. And they failed at free agency for most of the time in the post Dirk era, they just drafted uh, their two best players in you know 15 years in one draft yeah i mean that's exactly where i'm going with this is that but at, hold on hold on i'm sorry my, my buddy no, charles my, my buddy charles in the chat said stop talking about the past what is gained unless you know how we got here you cannot understand where we're going and where we're going is we're in a difficult spot because the mavericks don't have money to spend in free agency they do not have it there is no means for them to improve that is clear. Now, that's not to say they can't improve because I believe that the front office can do that. But what they've done by not performing poor, uh, well in off seasons and in drafts have placed themselves with a bunch of really expensive contracts for players who might not be worth that contract value. Go ahead, Brent. No, I mean, no, you've, you've hit it exactly what I was going to lean on here because lo- looking ahead is – and I'll let Scott, you know, CBA Mavs, you know, go more into this. But, like, we have a draft pick. We have, I believe, what's going to be like a $6 million taxpayer exception. And that's basically it, assuming that we can, you know, keep Brunson. And he, if we don't keep Brunson, then we just That's don't a whole different him. dark scenario I don't yeah. want to contemplate. Because <laughs> exactly. we kind of have to keep Brunson. So, at that point, for, for right now, I mean – there, I don't see a legitimate way to get kind of the second peg on the totem pole behind Luca 
So right now, we just need to focus on, I'd, I'd say, like, getting two good rotation players, which, you know, these are kind of Hail Marys with $6 million and a 26th overall pick. But, hell, you know, maybe, you know, so if we or maybe somebody on the roster or something happens, somebody upgrades. But we need two more playoff rotation players. And then in, like, a year after, I think, like, the 2023 draft, when we have all these expiring contracts and we have all of our picks, then we can make a move. Yeah. But at that point, that's an entire other year of, you know, 82-game, grinded-out, playoff basketball, and we'd be lucky just to make it back to where we're at right now. So, I don't know. I, I just – we've kind of pinned ourselves into a corner and okay. – I don't know, because there's some real value in making the Western Conference Finals that you can't really place a monetary value on, where I think that the Mavericks being good, they have a coach that players like, they have a GM that players like. I'm positive enough about the future, because you don't just make the Western Conference Finals. What I want to be clear about is that the path is not clear to me. That's all. That's not to say it cannot happen. They could come back and have a better team next year. In fact, I hope for it. I'm just at the moment kind of at a loss because how they've got here is sort of like this this same team, give or take a Reggie Bullock or a Josh Richardson, is the same team we saw get shellacked the first two first rounds despite Luka being incredible, you know? Yeah, I mean, basically the past two years we've said, hey, can we get a couple guys, hit more shots? We got that the first couple rounds, and then, again, they've fallen off. So yes, uh, we just – Ultimately, we – oh, and the second article I, I was thinking of, um, it was by Dan Devine at the Ringer this past week, basically saying that Luka does need that second star. And, you know, the whole conversation about his usage rate, you know, it, it's a chicken – people think it's a chicken or the egg scenario. Like, oh, Luka needs to share the ball more. He needs to get the, the better player to give the ball to first. And uh, yeah. that's – pretty well established at this point. So it'll be an interesting off season. Um, I like you've kind of detailed. There's doesn't seem to be, doesn't mean that there won't be, but yeah. not likely much movement as far as like big game hunting goes. See, I, 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 together. see, see my man, Charles, who I answered the question for just posted in the chat. Also we're a destination now. I don't know about that, but I think there's enough reason to be like, Hey, this is interesting. Making yes. the Western Conference Finals helps. I mean, for the past couple of years, we keep saying that people want to come play with Luca. Well, hey, him doing this and going to the Western Conference. I mean, Finals, if I'm a if I'm a big man, helps. like like Mo Bamba is probably my favorite one, and I'm pretty sure he's a restricted free agent. Mo Bamba is just like the guy I have in my head, despite the fact he was kind of a mechanical mess down in down in um, uh, Orlando. But if if I'm a guy that wants to rebuild my value or something like that. Playing with Luka Doncic is a pretty good way to do that. For sure. And not like I said, not to get too deep, but I'll leave on this. Um, with Orlando getting the first pick, depending on who they take, it seems to be like either Jabari Smith or Chet Holmgren. They have a ton of forward slash centers. Maybe we can snag one of them. I, I would like Wen- uh, Wendell Carter. If we could get Mo Bamba on the cheap, that'd be nice. But... Well, there's a couple, and I just want to say this just for the state of understanding, like there's a couple of guys who the Mavericks probably can't go after. Um, one person just mentioned Jackson Hayes. If you don't know why Jackson Hayes, do some Googling. Uh, and then uh, Rashawn Holmes up in um, Sacramento. I also don't think Dallas can go after him. 
yeah. just due to some of his issues. This is not a judgment on either of those men. Don't take it as that. I just don't think the Mavericks can pursue those two players with the things that they have had happen to them relative or that they have done relative to the things that the Mavericks organization has done. Um, it's just, it's PR nightmare, but maybe the Mavericks don't care about that. So we'll see. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Kirk. Yep. Sure thing. We'll talk soon. Um, uh, Huey, you've been waiting. Sorry, Huey. How you doing? Hit the unmute button when you've pulled out of the chat. Still see Huey in the chat. So we'll give him a second to come up on stage here. Once he, uh, once it transfers over for him. Um, all right, Huey, we'll uh, try to hit the speaker button again. I'll bring you up here in a little bit. Austin, how you doing? I appreciate it, Kirk. You bring me up. Um, sure. So I was at the game tonight. First, first game in Dallas for me. Um, so that was disappointing, but, um, I think seeing the team in person tonight, you know, people want Luca to share the ball, you know, all the Luca slander, everybody's talked about it. Um, I don't know if anyone's watching the games, but there's like no one else on the roster besides JB or Spencer that can dribble and like move at the same time. And also JB fell down like four times, times in a row. <laughs> like just like he's just like trying to drive and then just falls down. Yep. And it's like, okay, that's where we're at. This is this is what we're dealing with right now. And you know, it's just I think this season is a success. Anyone that doesn't think that is moving the goalpost, I think. Um, you know, no one great success. Great great success, absolutely. Yep. However, um the the roster just has to get better and everybody's harped on that and I don't necessarily have a point that probably hasn't been brought up tonight, but you know, it's just we're 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 very close in these games if we're hitting our open shots, but we we have no legs it seems like, and you know nobody can create a shot except Luca. You know I'm watching the game and I literally said out loud, <laughs> up in the 300 level, like nothing for this offense happens that Luca doesn't explicitly create when he's on the floor, and like you you can't help it when guys are shooting shots that are wide open, like you want those shots to be taken. They're wide open, but they're just clanking them off the rim. Like it, it's just very frustrating. Like it's not, it's not that scientific. I don't think how to fix the team. It's just, you know, the trouble is how do you get there? How, how do you take the current roster and, you know, I've seen people put Levine in the in the comments, and you know, I think that would be huge. I think that would be awesome if someone like Levine could be added to this group. But you know, I just think how you make that happen is is kind of tough. Um, and as far as Luca on defense, I I don't think I don't even think Luca has to be a plus defender in his career for the Mavericks to be a championship team. Um, there, there's 
plenty of ways to hide him once the roster gets better. Um, you know, there there was one specific possession tonight where you could tell he was just locked in on defense, probably his best possession on defense of the postseason, and it ends up in like a, a dump off to Wiggins for a dunk because literally no one else is able to stay in front of their man or, or keep up with the guys off the ball. And, you know, it's just overall just very frustrating to watch, but still happy with the success this season. So more or less, I'm just venting. I just had 1 a.m. pizza like the other guy, and uh, that's helping out a little bit. So. Well, I'm glad you came on and talked with us, Austin. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think the goal for for Luca has to be to where you don't want to target him. Um, I will be curious. I think I think this will be a statement that will cause some um, contention. Just it doesn't really matter. Mavs are on three zero. I think with the Mavs win at staff, they actually got a lot of shots that they've wanted the past three games. They just haven't hit those shots. They actually did in game two. That's why the Mavs went up uh, a lot at halftime. Um, and then tonight they got a lot of good shots. They just didn't hit any of the shots. And so when that stuff happens, it's like the uh, same thing that happened in game one where the vice sort of clamps around Luka. Chandler, what you got, friend? Hey, guys. Welcome, welcome. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah, so I think I've just got two points. I mean, you guys have all nailed everything. You know, I, was, I wish I had been there. I just couldn't afford it. Um, but so the one thing is on the center thing that everyone is talking about. I mean, I think it's arguable that, that Maxi has been one of the most valuable players in this whole playoffs. And getting a center better than Dwight Powell in the regular season, I think is definitely doable. But postseason basketball in the year 2022, I mean, I don't know. I mean, because it's possible that Looney has been the best center the Mavs have played. I mean, if if they if they can play Aiton and go bare off the floor – and Jokic may not be able to have the defensive chops to win a championship ever. You know, I just don't know what center is out there that you could possibly get. Like, Draymond Green really is a generational player. Like, there's not that that many guys out there. So, Well, I mean, there's things that, like, Powell does, for example, that we're really not rating at all in this series. He's been a really good uh, release valve for Luka getting blitzed. And the Warriors have not blitzed Luka heavily. Now, I mentioned this way earlier, where Curry shows high and then recovers to his man, and then Wiggins gets back on Luka, and the Mavericks have just not done anything with this in terms of when guys aren't hitting their shots. Like, like Luka will occasionally you know, quickly rotate a pass to Bullock. Bullock will hit a three. Dorian Finney-Smith will hit a three, yada, yada. But they've not been able to really consistently do that to to force the Warriors into different looks. The Warriors have opted to go to box and one. They've opted to go to zone, mainly so Luca doesn't have to see the same thing repeatedly. But it's all it's all collectively just very challenging to watch because I don't see what a clear counter is 
in this, you know, with this group of guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, playing small ball against the Warriors just in general is, you know, it's it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. I mean, playing yeah. any playing the Warriors in general is tough to do, as we've seen over the past. Here's how seven. here's how deep we are, though, my man. So our guy, my guy Victor, in the chat says, "You know who would help us win this series?" And I know Kirk is going to roll over in his grave for this. Willie Cauley Stein might have been huge for this series on his helping Looney. Victor, we're down deep if we're calling for uh, for Willie Cauley Stein. We're just we're just well, like, I, we're we're very upset collectively. I mean, I would say Tim Hardaway just as a guy who could just be out there. Oh sure. Just, you know, just a warm um, body. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, he can. You know, he also has he can cut and dribble and move. Those are good things. Yeah. Um, and my other point was, uh, I mean, I do hate that I have to say this because I hate the guy so much. But uh, James Harden was really good in 2011 versus the Mavs in 2012. And in the alternate universe where Durant doesn't go to Golden State and you make the most unfair team ever, if Harden wins the title in 2018, like everything is talked differently about him. And I believe Luca has different stuff than Harden because I, I mean, I, do, I believe all the Harden fourth quarter and elimination game stuff is real. Like that's not a fluke. He does it all the time. And Luca has already been way better in those situations. Um, but if you take and the, you know, there's differences, of course. But I mean, they, I think the when people say the similarities, I think they're just going based off of. Um, you know, step back assists and, oh, he doesn't look impressive because he has more deceleration and he kind of, you know, that's the kind of thing they share. You know, they can, they can kind of dictate terms in a slightly different way than he jumps high, you yep. know. For sure. Um, but, but Luca has those other things that Harden doesn't have. And I think Luca is going to be better than Harden was. So that's all good. Um, but I just do think that, you know, that road not taken in 2018, like in hindsight, that seemed to be, that was the best chance and they blew yeah. it. Well, cause they didn't know how good Luca was going to be from year one to year two. I mean, they were saving money for Giannis and it is what it is. I get why they did it. You know, Giannis best player on the planet. Kind <laughs> of hard to be mad about that, even though I am. Uh, so that, that's it. Thanks for letting me come up. Sure thing, Chandler. Hope you hope to see you soon. All right, uh, Furman, what's up, buddy? Hit the unmute button one more time. All right, that's okay. All right, guys, it's a little after one. Some of us probably should go to sleep so we can go to work tomorrow. Everybody be good. Josh and I will be back for game four, which is on Tuesday night. Everybody enjoy your Monday uh, and so far as you can. And we will talk soon. Uh, Go Mavs.